0: This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to Why Is Everyone Yelling with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay, and I'm so grateful you're here today. This is a podcast for parents or Anybody helping raise kids, I hope it's helpful, encouraging, and provides you with a little bit of support. If you have been enjoying this podcast, would you leave us a quick rating interview on iTunes or whatever platform you're listening on? I guess iTunes is king uh, because that is one way potential new listeners can find us. And I'm always trying to grow these shows, hoping they'll be an encouragement to somebody. Uh, today's episode is episode 63, and my guest is Shanesty Ireland. Shannesty is a former news reporter and anchor. She is now the mother to four, and she runs the blog, She's Becoming Domestic. She's had a couple of articles that have gone viral on Scary Mommy, and Shanistee talks openly about the messy parts of motherhood, as well as the fun parts. We had a lot of fun in this conversation. I really connected with her and felt like we could be great friends if we lived a little bit closer. And that's my hope. I hope when you listen to these conversations on the podcast that you feel like you're joining a conversation between two friends and that we can be a part of your day. It's so fun to me to think of all of us sitting together and having these conversations. Please check out our Facebook group, Why Is Everyone Yelling?, as well as our Instagram page, Why is Everyone Yelling? to connect with us in deeper ways on this podcast. I would love to connect with you. Uh, you can learn more about this show, Why is Everyone Yelling, at sandyboyproductions.com. And I want to give you a little heads up next week I'm taking a break week. We have some great episodes already recorded for the coming weeks after, but. I decided I would give myself and my wonderful editor, Emma, a break week, so you all have happy holiday, and we will see you after this week. We will see you with a new episode on December 28th. All right, cool. Enjoy my conversation with Shanesty. All right, well, today on Why Is Everyone Yelling? We have Shanesty Ireland on the show. Welcome to the show, Shanesty. Hi, thank you so
1: much for having me. How's your day going? Oh, busy. Just another day in paradise. You know, I have uh, four kids. So my oldest son is actually homeschooled. He is eight years old. He's a competitive golfer. So he travels a lot for golf and he golfs a lot during the day. So he wanted to be homeschooled again this year. And then My daughter is in second grade and then I have a five-year-old who's in preschool and a two-year-old who just kind of wanders around, you know, he's just, he's just there. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. I
0: saw you say something about homeschooling some of your kids and I was like, I wonder how that works out and why she does that. So you just answered my question right off the bat there.
1: Yeah. So last year we decided to homeschool our kids, uh, you know, just with the pandemic, it was just so back and forth. Like, yeah. are they in, or are they out? Is it virtual? And I originally assigned signed up my two older kids to do the virtual option. But then when I found out that they were going to be sitting in front of a computer for seven, eight, eight hours a day, um, and I'm sure that was great and wonderful. And the teachers that had to do that and the parents that had to do that, you know, I think that they did the best that they could with, what they had. Uh, in that type of situation. Um, but my husband and I were kind of toying with the idea of homeschooling. Eventually, I kept saying, well, you know, when they get to middle school, if it gets too rocky in there, I'll I'll pull them out and, and I can homeschool them. And it just kind of seemed like the perfect excuse to go ahead and give it a try. So I homeschooled my three older kids last year, and it was uh, difficult. It was... Was rewarding. It was pretty much everything that you can imagine it, it would be. The, you know, the, the beautiful thing about homeschool is there's really no set, you have to do this, right? There's, there's so many different ways you can homeschool. There's so many different curriculums. You don't even have to do a curriculum, Um, and which is really great if you're a free spirit and you're just wake up like, hey, kids, what do you want to learn about today? It's also very overwhelming if you're used to a set structure. Um, so we did that last year and it was great that my daughter, I mean, on day four was like, can I have a sick day? And I was like, no, you got like your homeschooled. like, <laughs> There's no sick day. Like this is what we signed up for for the year. So she was very happy to go back to school this year. She's very social. She's into art. Um, she's into music. She's she's into all of the extracurriculars that mom wasn't really providing at home. Um, so during the summer, we really just gave our children the option. Mm-hmm. We said, what do you want to do? Um, do you want to be homeschooled or do you want to go back to school? And We laid it all out for them. You know, like you likely will have to wear masks. Um, You may be sent home for quarantine. We just, there were so many unknowns. And my daughter, uh, who's the second grader, was like, sign me up. I'm going back. And then my older child, Luke, he wanted to continue to be homeschooled this year. So, um, so yeah, that's kind of how we got there.
0: You know, it's so interesting, too. You mentioned he's a competitive golfer, and then he golfs during the Mm -hmm. day a lot. I mean, if you can like create that environment and that's what he likes to do, how cool is that?
1: It is pretty cool. And, And that's kind of what we faced is I'm here. Um, it's not that I don't do anything, but I do have the flexibility and ability to do that. And right now, I mean, he's only eight, like uh, he could wake up tomorrow or he could wake up next year and be like, Hey, I don't want to golf anymore. Yeah. And, and that's one of the challenging things that we're even facing as parents is like, how much do you invest in it? Yeah. Because for one, we have four kids, yeah. so we can not invest everything into him. And for two, he very well make wake up tomorrow and say, I don't want to golf anymore. And we don't ever want to be in that position where we've sold the house and moved to Florida just to follow his golf career. But at the same time, if we have the ability, which we do, we want to support him as much as we possibly can at this young, critical age where he is he I mean he plays in the world championships so he's playing against kids from Mexico and Ireland and England as well as kids from Florida who are significantly better than him but putting him on kind of that global stage we see what it takes if this is what he wants to pursue is Florida like the golfer state it kind of is I mean if you think about it yeah I mean. Uh, or even the South in general. And of course there's a lot of great golfers that come out of Texas and California. I mean, we're a little limited here because I mean, today it's like what, 23, maybe mm-hmm. 30 degrees. Um, we have, we have access to a facility that has indoor bays, but he can't go out and play nine holes. You know, he can't go out and play 18 holes in January where there's snow on the ground. So those kids that are in those warmer States just have a real advantage in my opinion, to be able to golf year round. But then again, golf is such a funny sport because it's so individual. Mm. It is literally him, the golf club, the ball, the course, and my husband who typically caddies him. And so, you know, we don't push him and there's not a coach really to push him. There's no teammates to push him. So it's completely on him. You know, if, if he wants to go out and golf. We've told him what it takes to get to that level. We told him what it takes to get in the top 10 in the world. And if he wants to do it, then, you know, we're going to just support him as much as we possibly can. But I'm not going to wake him up every morning at six o'clock and say, hey, Luke, you got to go downstairs and hit golf balls or we got to get to the we got to get to the range. It's got to be him as well, because I don't want any of my kids to have that kind of um, childhood. Yeah,
0: it's so tough. Um, Our oldest son plays soccer and that's probably mm-hmm. that's his like sport that he does. And I think he's pretty good, but we haven't like invested hardcore or anything. He just plays in the leagues and I see the potential there. And I really struggle with like, how much do you push it in? You know, like how much do you really push for this and how much do you just let him play? Cause there are two things, right? At some point, That development at an early age does matter, but also, like, you have the talent or you don't, right? Like, LeBron James is going to be LeBron James, regardless of what he did when he was 8 or
1: 10 or 12. Yeah, 100%. And another thing you have to take into consideration, our son Luke is – Pretty medium size, medium build. So, some of the kids that are golfers or soccer players or basketball players or whatever sport you're involved in that are really big are much, much better. Mm -hmm. And they just are. That's just. That's just how it is. Unless they are incredibly clumsy or slow, uh, they te- like the kids that are twice the size of Luke, they can hit the ball farther. They just can They're stronger. So then it kind of gets to this point where eventually they're all going to even mm. out. And we keep telling him and we keep telling each other the hard work then will eventually prove themselves. And the kids that have just had it so easy, they're either going to work harder or they're going to kind of fizzle out. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's just kind of a, a, a challenge that we've had over the years. And golf is not a cheap sport. No. I, I mean, <laughs> and, but soccer isn't either. Yeah. If you want to get into the club and the travel, same with baseball. Any sport on that level is not is not cheap. It's it's very expensive. And so it, it took until we went to the first world championship. I mean, we rolled in like 10 cup. He had eight golf clubs. He didn't have a golf belt. Like he looked like a little kid from the sticks compared to these kids who, <laughs> had, and you know, their name embroidered on the golf bags and they had $500 putters. And I, we golfed with this family from Mexico and the, um, the dad said, you know, do you, do you need help financially? We can buy golf clubs. And we were like, no, but my husband was very set on until he proves to us, we're not going to invest in a thousand dollar set of golf clubs until he really gets to that level and proves that he really wants it. Because I think a lot of times as parents, I mean, we all want our kids to go pro. Right. And especially in this state with football, I think everyone thinks that their kid's going to be a Buckeye and the odds of it are, they're probably not. (laughs) And, and, and we, and we understand, especially with a sport like golf, where there's only like 150 golfers on tour, he's probably not going to go pro, but he could possibly get a scholarship or he could possibly teach lessons or, you know, maybe he will go pro. We don't know, but I just think it's a reality check and we're constantly keeping ourselves in check. My husband my husband played professional soccer. So he feels like he knows what it takes to get there, which is very helpful. But at the same time, he's constantly balancing like, do I want that life for Luke? Do, yeah. we, do we want him to be all consumed in the sport? And then whenever that dream may not come to fruition or may not have the outcome they're expecting, we don't want him to be just so crushingly hurt. And like, what do I do now? So it is a balance. That's an interesting
0: perspective that you guys have then. Your husband coming from a background yeah. where he poured so much into it and then actually did play professionally.
1: Yep. Yeah. And it's it's great, but uh but it's also, you know.
0: Yeah. It's hard. It's this yeah. balance of like um so I'm a runner and um my son, they just did like the timed mile at school. And I was like, secretly, like, I know you can run really fast. And so I want you to do that because, A, I know how good it feels to run fast. But B, I just want you to, like, work hard and see what your potential is. But I was, like, finding myself, like, trying to figure out this balance of, like, have fun, you know, but also, like, no, work really hard. Like, see what you can actually do. Like, what's the balance when they're, like, nine years old, you know, because you do want to teach your kids to work hard.
1: Absolutely. And I think that's a struggle that we have as parents. And I think just you having that perspective, um, and, and, you know, keeping yourself in check as a parent and understanding that the odds of them becoming LeBron James are pretty rare, Yeah. (laughs) but at the same time, there's so many wonderful life lessons in sports or activities. In general, Um, working hard, perseverance, motivation. Um, And then, of course, there's the whole physical aspect of it as well, you know, eating healthy. I mean, we have to just ingrain in our kids at this young, young age, the importance of drinking water and eating healthy, because I mean, I grew up in the 80s, that wasn't around, you know, it was like, you know, here's McDonald's for dinner. You want to yeah. have it again tomorrow? You want to have it again tomorrow? You know, that kind of thing. And um, I just think that we are really at an advantage to live in the time that we do um, to, to teach our children all of those wonderful things that come with any kind of activity, whether it's, you know, musical lessons or um, singing lessons or whatever it may be. There's just a lot of advantages and, and life lessons and, and activities.
0: Hey friends, a quick break here to thank Beam for supporting this podcast. Beam is where I get all of my hydration products. I'm a big runner. I don't know if you came over to this show from my other show that is about running called I'll Have Another, but running is a big part of my life, and so making sure that I'm getting enough electrolytes in my body on a regular basis is super important, especially after a big sweaty workout. I love their recovery hydration. It is so delicious, full of electrolytes that keeps you hydrated and helps your body function the way it's designed to function. The Elevate Recovery has this fresh lemon flavor. It is so delicious and refreshing. It has collagen peptides that are non-GMO and BCAA for supportive joint and muscle health. They also have a pre-workout hydration and a probiotic blend, all very good. Uh, I also just wanna tell you about their Sleep supplement it is their dream blend it's so delicious it is like a healthy take on hot chocolate that you can have right before bed i just warm up a little bit of hot water on my tea kettle and i mix in the dream blend and then i add a tiny bit of milk to the top and it's got sleep enhancing vitamins and minerals in it perfect way to end the night and help you sleep it does have nano cbd in it as well they actually have a white chocolate peppermint blend right now that's delicious uh, you can go to beamorganics.com and use the code ANOTHER at checkout, and that will get you 15% off your order. Let me know what you think about that dream blend. It has seriously helped my sleep so much. I love it. It is my nightly ritual. All right, friends, back to my conversation with Shanesty. Okay, so tell us a little bit about your career story. You were in the news,
1: right? Yes, I was. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I graduated with a journalism degree from the University of Kentucky. And when I graduated with it, I was like, I don't want to go into the news business. I had an internship in the news business. And I was like, Oh, man, because they were it was pretty cutthroat. I had a professor at school who, I mean, she just was honest. She was like, you know, you need to cut your hair, you need to lose 10 pounds, you need to do this. I mean, it's a very uh, it's, a, it's a vanity career, right? It's, it's, you you have to look a certain way, dress a certain way, talk a certain way. And it's still like that. It yeah. just is people, people that are on TV and you have to have a thick skin. You have to have a very, very, very thick skin. Um, I remember my first job. I mean, I cried a lot. I got made fun of, you know, like people would write me nasty emails about my, my hair color or, my name, especially, mm-hmm. I always got like, what is that? Like, is that a real name? And, um, and it, you know, but it, it toughened me for sure. So, uh, when I graduated, I was like, I don't really want to do that. And I, I remember coming home from college and sitting down with my dad and he's just very blunt. He was like, I, you know, we didn't send you to college to just live at home and mow grass, like mow the grass. Cause that's what I was doing. I was like on a tractor uh-huh. mowing the grass. And so he was like, why don't you just give it a chance? And so I gave it a chance. I got my first job in Parkersburg, West Virginia. And I had launched a new um, show there. It was like a 10 p.m. Fox show. And I remember I was like on a billboard there. So I thought it was like, whoa, like sweet. I've made it. Uh, And I lived there for two years. And then my next job was in Birmingham, Alabama. And I was there for seven years. I thought that's where I would... I thought that was it for me. I loved Alabama. I bought a home there. I met my husband there. Um, My Luke, my first born was, um, my first son was born there. And uh, I thought that was it for me. And then my station was sold. And typically what happens when a new station is sold to another company, they kind of just go in pecking order, like the news directors first to go and then the anchors and, and they kind of like, it doesn't always happen like this but they kind of wipe it out and start new mm-hmm. especially if the station is is having issues which our, our station was having issues so our news director was fired and i just kind of left with him he was my mentor he was the greatest boss i ever had i still keep in touch with him today um and he retired so he was kind of at the end of his career anyway so i left there uh went to lexington kentucky i was the weekend morning anchor there I did a lot of things in Birmingham. I was the morning anchor for a long time, evening anchor. Then I did like a Friday, Saturday, Sunday shift. And then I was like the lead reporter. It was kind of like all over the board. Um, And then I was in Lexington for two years and my daughter was born in Lexington. And then at that point when I had two kids and I was getting up for the morning shift, which means I had to get up at two o'clock in the morning, I was just kind of like, you know, I don't know. This isn't sustainable. It just wasn't sustainable for um, for two little babies yeah. <laughs> at home. Uh, my older two are only seven, 16 or 17 months apart. So it was like almost having twins. So um, I decided to leave the business at that time. It was a very difficult decision. I, was, I did it for 10 years. And I, that, I felt it was my identity. Um, I got to do amazing things, meet amazing people, meet famous people, and um, just do things that probably the average person hasn't had the opportunity to do. So that was difficult. Um, I went through quite the period of like, who am I? Do I just wipe butts, butts all day long and wipe noses? And, you know, I just felt very deflated at that point. But,. So that was my news career. It was wonderful. I loved it. I I absolutely loved it. Um, I don't think I could do it today. The news industry has changed a lot. Um, When I was in it, there was no social media, Mm -hmm. there was no Twitter. Um, It was just, it it was in its infancy, I should say. It was there, but it wasn't as big as it is now. Um, And we still had cameramen and we still had people to help. And I think news stations right now, just because of the declining amount of people watching it, it's um, it's really difficult. They don't have as many resources.
0: Yeah. Some, I, you see a reporter like set up their own like camera there. And yeah, that would be really challenging because I imagine as a reporter, I used to work in PR a little bit. So I kind of got to know some of the local news anchors and or more so the reporters in Indianapolis and like yeah, it's like the, the people that are there with their camera guys or, or or girls and seem to be more males than females doing the camera, but um uh, seemed like they were like the little team together. Like, you know, yeah. we're going around yeah. doing our shoots together. And to do that alone would feel really lonely.
1: It's hard. It's hard. I had to do it alone, uh, quite a lot. I, I one man banded a lot. Wow. And uh it's just, it just is not sustainable. You know, I, I think I left at a good time. I saw um, kind of a pathway that I started my blog while I was still in the news industry. And originally, originally my blog was supposed to be about news Mm. and things I was reporting on. And it was going to be like from an anchor's point of view. And uh, that's how it originally started. And so I was lucky in a sense to start the blog 12 years ago when I started it because the market wasn't super saturated with blogs at that point.
0: Yeah, (laughs) I know. I always say that about my, I have two podcasts that I host and I always say that about my running podcast. I'm like, I, I've been doing that for five years now. And so when I launched that show, it was just early enough that there just weren't every single human being on the planet didn't have a podcast, you know? And now Mm -hmm. I launched this show just a year ago and like the market is just so saturated already. So yeah, there's something to be said for like getting in there a little bit before the crazy and when it's everywhere. So yeah, your blog, Becoming Domestic, I love that that that's the name of it. And I just want to like talk a little bit more about that transition because man, becoming a mom is just like, you know, people always ask, I have four kids too, so people always ask, like, what was the hardest? Like, zero to one, one to two, two to three, three to four. I'm like, I literally don't know how to answer that question because they were all hard for different <laughs> reasons, right? Like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I don't know. I don't know if it was zero to one or or three to four. I have no idea. They were all hard for different reasons. But I will say, just becoming a mom that first time you're doing any of it, that has to be the most, like, jolting because you've never – done any of those things before.
1: Yeah, it is. It's, it's, it's quite the transition, especially if you're in a full-time career at the same time that requires a lot out of you. So for me, when I was in the news business, there was like no time, like I didn't get breaks to pump, like on a, you know, I've got a, I'm on a house fire. Like, where am I going to go? Yeah. Like, you know, there's, it's just, it just, it was, you know, it's not exactly, uh, a, an easy transition for a new mom, right? There was no sympathy there. It was just, okay, you're back. Here we go. Um, And I don't want to knock it. That's just the way it is. Um, So when my son was born, I was kind of already on the fence of like moving to perhaps part-time. That's when I moved to like the Friday, Saturday, Sunday anchor because my husband was home during the week and he could help more. And it just kind of made sense for our family. But then when my daughter was born, I just didn't see how it was going to work it just didn't seem sustainable and at that point when I moved to Lexington I think I was kind of a little burned out like I was kind of done with it and I had a couple of friends in the news business that really encouraged me to just you know give it one more market you know try it one more time see how it lands see see how you do and um, I liked it okay you know but um, it just it just wasn't sustainable like i said for raising a family but for me i would say the most difficult transition was one to two Mm. um but i honestly think it's because my kids were so close together in age so my son luke i mean he was barely speaking i mean i I think he said like i he was he was seven months old when i found out i was pregnant yeah you know like i'm still not sleeping i'm still not anything and uh my daughter was a complete surprise so I never forget like I walked out of the bathroom with like my pregnancy test and I'm like well what are we gonna do I mean it was no like yeah we're pregnant woo! Um, but she turned out to be the most amazing surprise she's my only daughter Yeah, she's your only girl she's my only girl and I mean we could not survive without her she's oh. absolutely incredible she's so talented she's in the nutcracker this weekend Aww. she's she's got a um, a lead role. She's a baby lead mouse. It's very oh, exciting. That's so cute. Um, and she's just absolutely wonderful. But at the time you're just like, Oh crap, like what are we going to do? Um, but yeah, so my, my blog as I'd mentioned, was supposed to be about the news business, and then it transitioned into a parenting blog. Um, with she's becoming domestic because I found that I was much more relatable on that front. Like more people could relate to being a parent than being in the news industry. It just turned into something that I was accustomed to because it was my world that I was living in, being a mom. And then I started doing recipes. And I started talking about the ins and outs of being a mom. And, you know, one of the things I I would definitely say, hands down, besides, of course, being a mom and having my children, my blog is my most proudest mm. accomplishment, for sure, because I love writing. That's why I went into journalism. I didn't go into journalism to be on TV. I went into journalism because I wanted to write. When I went to Kentucky, I said, I just want to be a writer. And they were like, well, we, you don't really have it. There's no degree for that. You can't just Come in and be a writer. And so um, that's why I chose journalism, was because of the writing. And so my blog is just such a, pl- a wonderful platform where I can just say whatever I want. Of course, I try to keep it kosher. I don't really talk about politics. I don't really talk about religion or anything like that because that's just not what my audience wants to hear. They want to hear about the crazy things that happened and the crazy stories and just keeping it real and keeping it relatable and um, sharing recipes that are going to only take you 15 minutes to do and sharing recipes that are good for picky eaters and and things like that and so and what it's really done in the past couple of years is it's kind of all full circle because now I'm appearing on tv every single week at various stations throughout the country via zoom sharing these recipes so I'm able to use my blog and I'm able to use tv and my background in that and it's wonderful I feel so happy right now because I just feel like I have my ultimate dream job because I'm combining it all. And the beauty of it is I'm doing it from Zoom at home with my kids. You know, I'm in my kitchen and I just take them down here to the basement, which is so beautiful and, (laughs) you know, um, and just say, all right, well, mom's going to be on TV now in, in California. So, you know, just be quiet for 20 minutes and they do a wonderful job. They're used to it now. So it's kind of all come full circle for me.
0: Um, I, I love that. And also like if one of the kids happened to like pop up while you're doing that, it's like, I don't know. They know that you're like a mom and that's what you're, you know, you're, I know you try, you try to keep the kids away, but I always feel like if every so often a slip up like that happens, I can just roll with it at this point.
1: And and it's so funny. Um, My mother-in-law actually mentioned that because, you know, in the world that we live in with Zoom now, and a lot of these TV stations has they've moved to that where their experts are via zoom and their cooking segments are being via zoom. And personally, I love it because before the pandemic, I was only able to do Columbus. I went to Mm -hmm. Kentucky a few times. I traveled to Cincinnati and Cleveland, but that was pretty much it. Like I wasn't going to go much further than that just because, you know, four kids. But then whenever um, everything moved to zoom, I mean, Yesterday I was in um, Green Bay and then on Monday I was in what state was I I think somewhere in Illinois and then on Monday I will be on TV in Burbank, California. So I'm able to do all of this from my kitchen and I really I would be surprised if if, if local news goes back to having in-person guests yes, because yes. it's really expanded their net And I also think it's more appealing to the viewer to see their experts or their people in their own natural environment, even if that does mean that kids are coming up from the basement and, you know, saying, mom, 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 you know, as long as you're not talking about nuclear war or something, it's it's, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Um, So you mentioned like that transition of like professional life. And I'm sure some of that is like getting dressed up, putting the makeup on, like going out and being a professional to like. Okay. I'm at home now with my kids. I don't know. Sometimes I'm like, you know, just wish I had a reason to dress up. Right. Like sometimes I just wish I had a reason to like, which now you do, you have your TV stuff, but, um, talk to us a little bit about that transition and how you kind of like found yourself again.
1: Um, Oh, wonderful question. Um, I would say it has definitely been through the TV stuff because, um, before that I, you know, like you put on like minimal makeup sometimes, but it's like my everyday, just
0: like basic, real, real basic, but enough that I feel a little bit better.
1: Yeah. And I think that, you know, whether it's makeup or whether it's doing yoga or meditating or whatever someone needs to do, I think that we all need to do that on a daily basis, especially if you're at home, because it's really easy to just get trapped into the mundane. And then all of a sudden you wake up and, you know, your husband's coming home and you're and he's like, you know, how was your day? And I'm like, I don't even know because I don't even know what I did today, even though, you know, you're doing a ton. So, um. I think for me, you know, you mentioned it, it's definitely been getting back into TV because it's forced me to do my makeup and, you know, get my hair done. I had not gotten my hair cut in two years. Oh my gosh. Like, or colored or no color, no cut, no nothing for two years up until I started doing this again and, like, you know, got my teeth whitened and all of that. And so, whether it's that, for me, that helped me get back to myself because that was my former career that was I mean so that may not be for everybody you know getting your hair done or your teeth whitened or or whatever it may be um but for me that's definitely what has helped me feel as though I'm not just a mom even though being a mom is the greatest most challenging job in the entire world but there is more to that and I think it's really important and we shouldn't feel ashamed to admit that too I mean you know I think it's important to feel as though, you know, you're a woman and you are a part of your former self. Um, Now I'm not like going out to clubs and getting crazy or anything at all, but um, I do, I finding me time for me personally is through the work that I'm now doing. Um, It's, it's kind of bringing back a former, um, area of my life. And I feel validated because I'm doing something that I went to school for. Um, I'm doing something that I can bring a little bit of income into to the house with. And um, it's really been great uh, for me. And, and I mean, my husband probably definitely likes coming home and seeing me, you know, out of my yoga pants. Yeah. So yeah, every once in a while. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. And I always think about this too. Like now, as a mom and as I'm like, well, I guess really like halfway through my old, my oldest is nine. I, I We're just, we're like a year ahead of you with our kids. Okay. Ours are yeah. like nine, almost seven, five and three.
1: Okay. So I Luke will be nine in January okay. next month.
0: So we're close. My little three are closer in age than my, my older two have a, a little bit more of a gap. And then my younger three are all under two years apart. Okay, but as you know, as I'm getting to that, like, okay, whoa, nine, you're we're halfway there. you're gonna be eighteen in nine years. Um, I always think about like, what did I think of my mom as a kid? Like, mm. did I think of her just as mom, or did I think of her as like, you know she went to school to be a nurse when I was like six and finished that when I was like nine, like so what well, like what versions of my mom did I think about? Mom, mom, mom being a nurse, mom who had friends, you know, and it's like. I don't know. It's just interesting to think what our kids think about who we are. It's like mm-hmm. they know what matters to me most is being their mom. I tell them every day, like, I love being your mom. It's the best thing in the world. But like, how much do they know that I love to run? How much do they know that I love to podcast? How much do they know that I love to talk to my best friend from Indiana on the phone at least once a week? You know what I mean? So I just think it's so important for our kids to see the, these things. And I wonder how much they'll remember and take with them as adults.
1: Absolutely. And for me, um, my mom worked from home from the very beginning. So she was kind of a, a, I guess, a kind of a pioneer in that. She owns her own business. She owns a trucking company, actually, which is not a female-dominated so cool. business. Um, yeah. And so growing up, I was so accustomed to that lifestyle in the sense that mom is here, but she's not really here because she's working so much. And so um, for me, I think that it's kind of channeling what I'm doing now. My job is not nearly as demanding as like a trucking company at, right now, but I admired it big time, especially being a female. Um, I think my mom is the most amazing, hardest working person in the entire world. And I still think that to this day, cause she's still running that trucking company oh, that's so cool. and um, it's cool, but she, she needs to retire. Yeah. Like, it's, <laughs> Come on, mom. It's, yeah. 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 So hopefully soon it'll, it'll, it'll be coming to an end, but I look at my daughter and I hope that my daughter, especially, but also my boys, they see a mom that works really hard. Um, and because I think that's really important to instill work ethic into our kids, not, not just dad's going away to work, but mom works hard too. be it you know, a side hustle or podcasting or running even, or, you know, even keeping the house clean. Um, I think it's important that we just, we, we aren't completely always available for our children. Like I'm not your, I'm not your entertainer. I'm not, you know, I mean, I'll be there. And like, if you ask me to help you with this puzzle, sure. I'm not going to be like, nope, you got it. You know, but. I don't set up activities for my kids. Like, I'm not their entertainer. They need to know that mom has a career, mom has a job. She works really hard because that's only going to help them with their work ethic, especially our our daughters, especially our girls. Um, I hope that my daughter sees that and she you know, wants to go to college or wants to go to trade school or whatever it it is that she wants to do. Um, but that, you know, they'll always know that not, it wasn't just dad working hard. It was mom too.
0: Yeah. I love that vision. And you do feel, I think as someone who works from home part-time, like, I feel like, I don't know if you would consider yourself work from home part-time, but that's pretty, yeah, that's what I, I probably work 20, 20 to 30 hours a week, depending on the week, sometimes less, sometimes more. And I think I get this pressure and guilt sometimes that my husband just doesn't have. And it's not anything that like he tries to not have. He just doesn't. You know, he he actually has been working from home, too, for a couple years now. Well, since the pandemic. So he's physically here, too. Um, But he doesn't have the guilt that I have when I'm like, oh, I feel like I need to like stop what I'm doing and spend like an hour with the kids. And sometimes I do do that. But on days like like today, I have three interviews today. Like I'm probably not going to spend much Mm -hmm. one on one time like that. I'll have a tiny bit of
1: guilt. And it's like, good Lord. You know, it's frustrating that you feel that. Well, I think my personal opinion is, I think that guilt, a lot of it is coming from social media and mm. we're having this, we're having this compare game, right? Because we're, we're hearing about moms that do, you know, the, the play groups and we're seeing that we're seeing these activities and like. I mean, I don't know about you, but as I mentioned, my mom didn't do any of that. Like no. she had a job and I turned out just fine and I don't resent her. And I don't think that I would have had a better upbringing if she did, you know, be my entertainment director. But I am <laughs> my that, entertainment
0: director. I yeah. <laughs> but
1: like, I think that we just currently live in that. That's our reality. Is it social media and we're scrolling and we're mm-hmm. like, oh, man. Look at that, look at that woman. She is beautiful. She's doing this fun sensory activity with her <laughs> toddler and her house is clean, right? And that's where the guilt comes from, in my opinion. And so I think if we can remove ourselves from that or at least have the understanding that what we see on this is not real. It's it's a highlight reel, right? We're you know, very rare, you're gonna come across somebody that's just really, really, really being real with it. Um, and so I think that once we're able to eliminate that or just accept the fact that we're not gonna do it all, we can't, it's impossible to do it all. It's absolutely impossible. Then that's only the way that it, the, the guilt's gonna be lifted. Now, of course, I have guilt too. I'm not saying I'm guilt-free, but I think that once come to grasp with that um we're gonna have just this mom guilt because the mom guilt is real um and mom shaming is real uh but once we realize that you know we're just doing the best that we can and everyone else just needs to pipe down you know that's my that's my opinion on it um and like our parents didn't grow up with social media so like they could talk to their friend you know, Sally down the street about what she's doing, but we weren't seeing it. Right. And so now that we're seeing it, that guilt has just gone through the roof. Yeah. You know,
0: that's, it's so interesting too, because if I think back, my
1: mom was a great mom, but
0: I don't remember her playing lots of games with me or like doing any of that. I remember her being really good at taking care of me when I was sick. Yes. Like I remember, I remember that. And I st- at 38, it almost makes me want to cry. I still want my mom when I'm sick, you know?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, and I actually wrote a recent blog post about that because – Um, The childhood home that I grew up in is actually just down the street from where we live. And I drove past it and I was like, oh, kids, that's the house mommy grew up in. And they're like, cool. You know, they moved on. And so then I started thinking about like, it's really, it's just a split level home. There's no granite countertops or gold light fixtures or everything we see on social media. It was just a normal middle class Midwest home with a mom and a dad and I was an only child so I didn't even have any siblings to play with and I just remember I have such fond memories I thought it was the biggest house in the world (laughs) I had you know I just I thought it was the most wonderful childhood because of how I felt because of the way my mom comforted me when I was feeling sick, like you mentioned, or the way that, you know, my dad would watch movies with me or, or things like that. So, you know, in our house, we put a big emphasis on, you know, family movie night and we do family game night. And so you don't have to all day long, you know, create all of this stuff for their kids. I have some friends who, you know they do stuff with their kids all day long and they've they've commented to me I can't believe how well your kids play together uh-huh, and like, I hear that too yeah because you know what mom ain't it like, yeah I'm not doing it <laughs> you guys you fend for yourselves you figure it out like yeah. you you play make-believe you play with your brothers and sisters you do the building blocks you do all of that like Because once you get into that, it's a slippery slope. And then they're going to expect more and more and more of you. And I just don't have it in me. I don't have that bandwidth. That's something. But you know what? If you are that mom that prepares the Play-Doh activities and the sensory tables, more power to you. Yeah, if you like that. 100%. Like, I'm not judging that. I have a friend in Lexington. She's a former, like, preschool teacher. She's got, like, five kids. And she has a blog and that's her thing and she loves it. Great. And, you know, I love to cook. Not everyone loves to cook. So we all have our thing, but I, I really just, I mean, and this isn't even directed to you just to everyone. Like we shouldn't feel guilty for not being that mom. Yeah. You know, one of the things that when I was pregnant with my first, like you know, you walk in a bye-bye baby and you're like completely overwhelmed. You're like, oh, well, I need this and I need this and I need this and I, I need all this stuff. Well, we don't. And we didn't find out the gender for any of our kids. So all four of them were surprised. And I, and part of why we did that is so we would get gender neutral things. Yeah. And, you know, if it's a boy, great. If it's a girl, we can, it, it you know, it it all evens out. And I had this nurse say to me at the doctor's office, because we were doing this whole TV series on my pregnancy it was like out of control ridiculous but it was fun at the time and on her interview she said this is what a baby needs warm clean clothes a safe place to sleep and food that's it yeah like you know and comfort like and i think that has to do with kids it, it that translates over the years too like that's all they really need they need love they need comfort they need food Closed to wear, um, and a safe place to to be. And I would hope that my kids will feel the same way as I do about my childhood. Of that's that's what I felt with my mom and dad.
0: Hey friends, I hope you're enjoying my conversation with Shanesty. I want to take a quick break to let you know about Gooder. Gooder is the place to buy the best sunglasses that are functional, affordable and super fun. They don't slip around if you're on the go, out running around, doing yard work, whatever it is. They stay in place, and they have really classic clean styles as well as really fun and loud styles. I love wearing like bright red shades, that's like my signature look when I do races, or when I'm just doing something fun. I actually have a really fun yellow color that I happen to be able to wear on Halloween. I was a banana for Halloween. <laughs> um, but my favorite are the breakfast run to Tiffany's shades. They're a runway style and they are just so cute and they're a little sassy and I love that. This is a great gift idea as well and uh just go treat yourself, okay? Get yourself a couple pairs because if you use the discount code, you might as well grab a couple pairs. Go to gooder.com/another and use the code ANOTHER15, that's another 15, and that will save you 15% off your order. That's ANOTHER15, and that'll save you 15% off your order. All right, friends, back to my conversation with Shanesty. You know, it's, it's so true, we have worked really hard and this sounds so dumb to say, we have worked really hard for this, but I truly have to like keep our toys and things minimal with the kids because yes, that's, it just, A, the clutter stresses me out. The stuff mm-hmm. stresses me out. I don't want to be a stuff manager. Like I just, you know, and we'll go to our in-laws houses and the cousins and all that. And they have 20 times as many toys as us and it's really fun and exciting and the kids go crazy in their basement and they love it and sometimes I look at it and I'm like wow this would be really fun would they entertain themselves more but the truth is it's like if they have all that stuff they're used to it so it's like not that exciting anymore right
1: a hundred percent and I mean another thing that I've noticed is like I mean we're in our basement I'm I'm not even gonna swing the camera around because it is just a disaster (laughs) but what I've noticed as well is like Sure. Like the little one or like my two year old right now is into magnet tiles and he's into matchbox. Such a great toy. He's into all that. But my nine and seven year old, like they don't play with toys hardly at all. They, My daughter still draws a lot, but my son's into sports. He's into golf. He's into throwing the football. He's into playing with the neighbor boys. He's in. So all of that stuff. And I know Christmas is coming up and of course the grandparents are going to overwhelm us with Santa, I should say, is gonna overwhelm yeah. us with all of this stuff. But at the end of the day, like it, it's gonna last a week, and then they're they lose interest in it. So I I think this stuff is great for other for other people, and it's great when your kids go because they have something to look forward to, and it's new and exciting, and it's toys and and all of that. But um, I don't even think that that's I don't know. It's just not important at all, especially now, especially if you have more than one kid, like me as an only child, it was a little different. You know, I'm not saying I had more stuff than my kids do, but yeah, I had to entertain myself a lot.
0: That's a lot. true. So, no, that's true. Um,
1: so it was, it was definitely a much different dynamic. It's also why I like was very excited to have a very large family. And I mean, because I did not love being an only child. It was just the way it worked out for my mom and dad. It's not what they chose. They had difficulty um, getting pregnant after me. So that's just kind of what God handed them. But um, it's not the life that I would have chose to be an only child. It was it was tough.
0: Yeah, it's so interesting you bring that up, too, because I remember as as kids, you don't think about it. You don't know You don't know. Oh, you have, there's a family with an only child. You have no idea what those parents have, have been through, have struggled through if they wanted one kid, if they wanted five kids and they could only have one kid. And now as a mom, you know, like a lot of us moms have walked through miscarriage and things like that. And like, I always assume there's a story there. I just assume it. And I have friends that have only child that have an only child. I have a couple that they chose. They really wanted one child, but I always assume there's a story there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And
0: sometimes we want to talk about guilt. Sometimes I feel guilty that I have so many kids. Yes. Because I feel like I've been so blessed with all these kids. And then on the flip side, it's like it's also really hard and can be really stressful. So, But I don't want to ever really complain because I know how fortunate I am. But at the same time, real life,
1: it's freaking hard. It is hard. And then, you know… But that's just kind of, I don't know, that's just kind of what we've been dealt as moms because then I have friends who have gone through infer- infertility and gone through IVF and gone through all of that. And then all of a sudden, you know, they have their baby and then they feel guilty about complaining about sleep- being sleep deprived. Right,
0: because they worked so hard, hard to have that baby. Work
1: so hard, work so hard. So, I mean, that's the whole mom shaming yeah. thing, that, you know, and, and so I have a one, good, one of my good friends, um, went through infertility and she got pregnant with her firstborn. Um, It was supposed to be twins. The twin didn't survive, but her son was born and then she got pregnant again with IVF, with twins. And then they had a surprise. So she is four now. And so she talks about how you know, it's just, you go through every single emotion with infertility. She was angry. She was jealous. She was sad. She just went through all of this. And then all of a sudden, boom, she was blessed with four. So she went through that whole period of like feeling guilty about complaining um, or, or, or anything. So it's okay to complain. It's okay to 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 admit it's really hard. It's okay to have one. It's okay to have none. Um, I think that, you know, kids are going to be okay. As long as they have that strong foundation of love and support and comfort, wherever it may come from, if a single mom, single dad, you know, a blended family, however it may be, um, that's just kind of the key to it. And I'm, I'm a full believer of like, if we could all just do that. And if it could all start at home, I think the world would be a much easier place to live in.
0: Before we wrap up here with into podcast questions, she's becoming domestic. Like, did you like decide I'm going to start cooking dinners for my family and I'm going to teach myself this? And now is it something you really love to do or did you always actually love to do it? You just didn't have time for it.
1: Ooh, that's a great question. So I grew up, um, my mom was always a wonderful, fabulous cook. She's just, she's like a wizard in the kitchen. And I was not ever that kid that like wanted to help in the kitchen. I know that there's a lot of kids like my five year old Adam loves helping in the kitchen. So he's, he's going to grow up and he's going to know how to cook eggs. So um, I always grew up just kind of, I don't know, I feel like kids can just be a little selfish and self-centered and in their own world. So I just kind of grew up with, oh, mom's going to make a delicious dinner tonight. So I kind of was thrown to the wolves in a sense when I went off to college and then went out into the real world like I just didn't really know how to do a ton of stuff and it's no fault of my mom she tried to teach me I was just stubborn and in my own world and just didn't have time for that I was like really into basketball so I just didn't have time time to learn any of that so when I was on my own I started to cook more and I would ask her like silly questions like how do you hard boil an egg (laughs) I just just didn't know like how long does it boil for how does you know um, how do you marinate your steak just little things like that so she helped me a lot in the beginning with that and then I just really started to love to cook and so I, of course I didn't have anyone to cook for when I was single and then my husband and I got married I was 28 he was 30 so we were a little bit Older. I mean, not old at all, but in the south, that's old. Yeah, yeah. Um, because we we, you know, we were both living in Alabama. And so I just started to learn more and more and more about cooking. And ultimately, my well, I've got a lot of dreams because I think I'm a fir- also a firm believer I've never stopped dreaming, like never stopped working at your craft and what you love. But I would love to produce a cookbook, especially like a family friendly one. Um, so pretty much six nights. Or seven nights out of the week, we eat at home. Um, I do the majority of the cooking, so the she's becoming domestic name kind of transformed into like I was this single like newswoman with mm. this amazing glamorous career, even though it's not really that glamorous, but people think it's glamorous. Uh-huh. Um, to wife and there's nothing wrong with that and that's what I wanted to do ultimately but um but I kind of and it's funny because I've thought so long about changing the name of the blog like because obviously like I I am domestic now I'm domesticated in in a sense but (laughs) everyone I talked to is like no keep it I like it because it's it encompasses it encompasses my life my background, Uh my previous life, like what I do now with TV. And then just being a mom, um, you know, I didn't have, like I mentioned, I didn't have brothers and sisters. So I felt like when I, my first son was born, I was never around babies. Like Mm -hmm. I didn't know Mm -hmm. anything. Like Mm -hmm. I didn't baby, I was never that kid that babysat. I I hated babysitting. (laughs) I I did too. I just, I know like for the longest time, I remember being pregnant with Luke and just like, saying to my husband like but I don't know if I really even like babies and he's (laughs) like well it's too late now you know but my husband's one of seven kids and he loves kids yeah and so um he grew up in a large family which is also crazy because usually people that grow up in a large family maybe want one or two or three Uh but my husband would love 10 if he could yeah I mean he's he wants more kids more kids i'm like i'm getting old yeah. like you're you're going to have to trade me in for a younger model if you want a ton more but uh-huh. um but yeah so that's kind of how it came to be and then i just i just kept it um and so hopefully there's big things to come this year i you know, I'd love to get the cookbook when I have my free time <laughs> and uh, and do more, you know, more videos and more TV stuff. And then, of course, just through social media, um, just more things with my brand. And um, I think the audience really loves the realness of it and uh, the simplicity. And I also like to talk like, I kind of, I don't know, I kind of feel like Seinfeld in a sense. Like I talk a lot of, about like everyday things that are like nothing. Yeah. But it's something that like, I mean, for example, I don't know. I posted this picture about like the front right burner is definitely the best burner. And obviously. that's true. Like, and well, and, and every, I think I got like a hundred and some comments, people commenting. Everyone has a favorite burner, yes. right? Like on your stove. And it's just little things like that. Or like, you know, going to bed and saying you'll get gas in the morning is like the stupidest thing you could do because totally. you're not going to get gas, you know? So I just really try to keep it real. I don't try to pretend to be somebody I'm not because- why there's life's too short for that and so on my blog I talk about everything I mean I I you know I just had a miscarriage and I talked about that and I just I don't really hold anything back at all because we're all going through it um we're all dealing with the same stuff in terms of parents and parenting and um I don't know. I just I think it's freeing. It's therapeutic for me to write. And I just I just want to connect with as many people as I possibly can. I mean, if I could be Sarah Blakely from Spanx and give everybody $10,000, I would because I just want to help people. That's I guess that's in my nature. It's another reason why I went into journalism is to try to help people by telling their stories.
0: I always thought the coolest thing about being rich would be how you could just like go to a restaurant and tip the waiter like Couple thousand yes. dollars just for fun. Oh, I
1: love, I know, I love those stories around the holidays where like a waitress at Waffle House gets a ten dollar, ten thousand dollar tip or whatever. Um, but if you're Sarah you know, Blakely, you could literally tip a thousand dollars every time you go out to eat. Oh, <laughs> uh, I love her so much. You know, I like, feel like uh, she is like, she's like my woman crush. And if anyone's listening and is not familiar with her, like, do yourself a favor, yeah, follow her on social great. media. She's just, I mean, and her story is amazing. She started her company in her apartment and, um, it's just, and now she's, gosh, she's got to be one of the richest women in the world. I would imagine. I I would say one of the richest humans. Yeah. Like I would. Yeah. 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 For sure. So I, I look up to her a lot.
0: Totally. Um, okay. I have a Instagram live at three, so let's wrap up with the end of the podcast questions. Um, what is, well, we might've already answered this because I know about your cookbook, which I need, I need to just get on your site and, and search around because for the life of me, I cannot figure out kid friendly meals that I like too. cause I always want to eat something like super healthy and you know, whatever. And my kids want macaroni and quesadillas and chicken nuggets and you know, that that's partly my own fault, but
1: yeah, well, I'm I'm a firm believer of not making two dinners. Like right. I make one dinner, and I but I always make sure that there's at least something on my child's plate that I know they'll eat. Like so, I always cut up apples. Like yeah, or whether that's buttered noodles, or it's just carrots, or whatever. Like, I make sure that they're going to at least eat one thing. Yeah. But also though, I mean really bringing it in and eating as a family. My kids aren't distracted by other things. Like they're like mom and dad are eating like I'm going to eat this, you know, and I think that's really important as well It's just like sit around the table and actually converse and eat as a family. If you can, of course life gets busy.
0: I will say our kids last about seven minutes. And everybody's
1: yeah. running circles. I mean, it is just a circus. <laughs> it is
0: a circus. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that.
0: Um, okay. So the question was, what's one thing professionally or personally you'd like to do that you haven't done yet? Yeah.
1: Gosh, I would say that. I would love to write a cookbook. I've always wanted to write a book. I mean, I think that eventually that's like what I really want to do is write a book but I'm always like, but I don't have a good idea. And people are like, well, write about your life. And I'm like, well, it's not that interesting. Oh. But, um, but I really like to, to do a cookbook. I would love to do it with like QR codes where there's actual videos if you can actually see yeah, of how cool. to do it. Um, just something that's really ina- interactive. So hopefully if I can get some help in terms of babysitting yep. or something, then I can get that going. So,
0: um, What's the best, most recent book you've read?
1: Oh gosh, Um, I, I read Ready Player One. Okay, no, what is it? Um, Well, it was made into a a movie. I think it's like on Netflix or something. But the essential story of it is, is like they live in an apocalyptic world, and they are virtual reality. They just play video games, like all these people. And so they live in this virtual world. I'm not into this stuff. Okay. So don't think I'm like sci-fi and like (laughs) VR stuff, but my husband was like, read it. It's really good. And, um, I was actually hooked on it. It's just a really, really well written book. I'm also reading green lights, Matthew McConaughey's biography. Like, I know that's like complete polar opposites, but I don't really read like I don't know trash novels or yeah. anything. So probably everyone listening is like, I'm not going to read either one of those. I mean, but- I w- I want to read Green Lights. Although I heard him on yeah. like
0: five million podcasts, and I'm like, I think I got the story though.
1: Oh, I love him. He's yeah. like my love.
0: Yeah, he's good. <sighs> he my husband. I'll yeah, yeah. Um, okay, yeah. what is your last message to leave with the audience today?
1: oh my gosh, just be you, be authentic. Like, don't look around on social media and compare yourself. I know it's so hard to do, but like, step away from social, just live in the present. And I know it's like, put the phone down. Well, my job's on my phone. So I know that's not completely realistic. Like, I hate when people are like, oh, like, just turn your phone off. And I'm like, well, okay. But um, just I I guess just be authentic and be the real you, because that's what people want. Um, Everyone has a story to tell and everyone's a fascinating, unique human. So I just think that not comparing yourself, being real, being authentic to who you are, um, that's my main message, I would say.
0: All right, friends, thanks for being here today. Thank you, Steve, for sharing your story and connecting with us. If you all want to learn more about Shanesty, follow her on Instagram. She's super fun over there. She is Shanesty Ireland, and her blog is called She's Becoming Domestic. You can connect with me personally on Instagram. I am Lindsay Hines, 626. Uh, find this podcast. We are Why Is Everyone Yelling over there, as well as Sandy Boy Productions has an Instagram account, Sandy Boy Productions. And you can learn more about the show when you go to sandyboyproductions.com. Friends, I'm so grateful for you. I hope you have a wonderful holiday season. Merry Christmas. And we will see you back here with another episode on December 28th.